Hi, I'm Oliver Pinnegar, the best marketing intern Three Wheel has ever had, and this is episode 150 of the Two Bald Brothers in a Microphone podcast, where we talk about the people, process, and technology to work together better inside enterprises. This episode was recorded on February 23rd, 2018. In this episode, Danny talks with Sam Marshall of Clearbox about the latest version of his SharePoint Internet in a Box report. They discuss what the latest trends with Office's 365-based intranets, the Internet Choice Awards, and what they are seeing from companies as they make their way to the Microsoft Cloud. Enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Two Ball Brothers on a Microphone podcast. This is one of the Ball Brothers, Danny. Uh, Tommy is fortunately taking the day off today, so he won't be on this podcast, but I am catching up with Sam Marshall from Clearbox. Sam, how are you doing? Hi there, Danny. I'm very well, thank you. And it's great to be back on the podcast. Excellent, excellent. You're the first person for us to do two podcast episodes with, so that's... Oh, I'm honored. I'm you can. Your <laughs> career is full right now. You can. <laughs> you can retire now. You. It is. Yeah, official. that's it. You know, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. We. Um, I just wanted to do start off with a, a follow up. I know we're, the first time we talked, you guys put out a great report that um, I know a lot of our customers are interested in, and it's about the whole intranet in a box market and um, you recently did an update to that report and did added a some new folks to it and some catching up with some trends and what just give me an overview of what's what's new in this report that you just put out you put it out in december is that correct that's right yeah so uh just at the end of last year and it's uh it's a complete rewrite so every single word is new in this report Wow. And it's 430 pages, so it's almost doubled in, in size. <laughs> and uh, I think you've seen a photograph of uh, a spiral-bound paper copy. And, yeah, it, you, you really could use it in self-defense classes as well as a, <laughs> a work of references. It does so wonderful for keeping yeah. doors open as well. <laughs> That'll be its purpose next year when we <laughs> release the 2019 edition. Yeah. So uh, yeah, maybe we should explain. So Internet yes. in the Box, what, what we're looking at is products that take the base SharePoint on-prem or SharePoint online that you get with Office 365 and add on a whole bunch of functionality that most folks look for when they turn it into an intranet. So things like news publishing and a lot more control over the... And market area that we noticed back in 2015. And it's interesting how it's grown because our first report had six products. Uh-huh. Last year, we had 26 products. This year, um, over 50 companies asked us to include them. And we ended mm. up doing detailed hands-on reviews with 34 of those. Uh-huh. And then there's another eight that were, were kind of new and upcoming. And we thought, well, they're interesting. We want to acknowledge them, but we don't really want to um, spend a huge amount of time on them. So, so we list them as like a two or three-page summary with some screenshots and so on, but we don't actually score and rate them like we do with the other 34. And you, I, you, you have ten people who work on this, and it's over seven hundred hours. Mike, this is like a, a this is a pretty fair sized project. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, 
I guess this is how school teachers feel when they, they do like the annual prom, you know, it just kind of consumes all your time as you get mm. towards the, the deadline. We had six um, reviewers. So uh, everybody who does a review has been an internet manager. They know SharePoint really well. But I think what's really important is that they also get the mindset of an internet manager and what businesses are looking for out of these products mm -hmm. rather than just having a, a checklist of features and functionality, which is tends to be the bread and butter of, uh, say, SharePoint conversations. This is much more about, okay, so as an organization, we want a community where people are sharing knowledge. How would your tool support that? Mm. Then we had the designers and project managers and the, uh, all the coordinators going on as well to, to pull it all together. Excellent. So, yeah, and, it's quite a big undertaking. And what, so with this brand new version that you worked on this past mm. year, what were some of the, the market trends that you saw happening this year or things for us to, to expect to see in this upcoming year? So one of the things that really struck me is we asked, who's your biggest client? And, you know, in terms of employee numbers. And that shot up. So a couple of years ago, when we were talking to, to big organizations of maybe 30, 40,000 employees, they were saying, well, we wish we could use one of these products, but it's not for us. It's just for the little companies who are too big and our needs are too unique. Mm -hmm. Now, um, more than half of the vendors have got client reference case studies of companies with 30,000 employees or more, and some of them are, are over 100,000 employees. So I think that's a really encouraging sign of maturity of these products that they can cope with the demands of a big company. And it's great for the big companies that now I think they can move forward with confidence and explore this um, with a good choice of, of options as well. The, the challenges for big companies, you know, it's things like the ability to, to cope with multiple site collections, mm -hmm. often need to deal with multiple brands. So uh, one of the evaluation criteria is to say, well, uh, how would you cope with this scenario, say, the Sony brand? But then within that, you've got PlayStation, which is also quite a distinctive brand. So you might have an area of the Internet that look more PlayStation than Sony. Yeah. Um, and a not all products, but, but some of them have encountered that before and said, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And dealing with multiple languages, of course, because most multinationals will work in eight and sometimes 30 or more different languages. And what you need is something that, um, for example, says, yeah, here's a news story in our 12 different languages and recognizes that, that it's the same story rather than 12 unique articles. So that, that's been one thing that I think is really interesting and really good. Um, at, the, at the more fun end, we have um, one of the scenarios is called wildcard. So mm -hmm. but, but what we do is we, we test every product against eight different scenarios so that we compare them equally. But the last one is wildcard, where we say, show us something that we didn't ask to see so far that we think is a real strength of your product. And I guess about a dozen vendors said, oh, yeah, we've got a boss. Let us show you our chat bot. And mm. some of them are cute rather than useful, <laughs> I would say. Um, <laughs> but there are a number of companies who have, I think, had the real insight to say, well, what we've been doing with SharePoint in a box in terms of make it a lot easier to build an internet on top of SharePoint, we can also do with this chatbot concept to make it a lot easier to build chatbots on top of the Microsoft stack as well. So they tend to use a 
the Microsoft Bot framework, uh-huh. and then uh, make it really easy for you to to put your own um, personality and your own um, content mapping into that. So um, Habanero Go, for example, a Canadian-based vendor, they've they've got a nice chatbot called Pepper. Um, <laughs> I think you meant to think of Pepper as in Iron Man, and that's really cool rather than Pepper Pig. But uh, <laughs> Pepper Pig is what first came to mind. Right? I have small kids, so I absolutely know who Pepper Pig is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mesh, so it's a yeah. Mesh of Mesh Boss. Uh, and what I think was uh, great about them was he said, "Well, problem with a lot of bots is they don't do much until you link them up to." another system like um, uh, Workday or your, your room booking system. You know, so there's always that bit of custom integration, which kind of takes away from, from the inner bot scene. Mm-hmm. But what I should have done is said, well, why don't we have a boss that helps with Office 365 adoption? So you can say to the bot, what is stream? Or how do I get a team site? And it will give you an answer within the, the chat interface as a kind of more friendly and approachable way of doing um, on the, on-demand training for people. One of the things I like about the um, the report is you you talk through the the whole build versus buy and you know talk through the the pros and there's pros and cons of each. I feel like I've had I've had this discussion for most of my career, and <laughs> I, and most of the time I'm trying to convince people to to buy if it's if if it's available out there. That's typically the the better solution. But there are times in which building. And we like to build because typically when it means build, we're, you know, we're involved in the building of that process. But um, I thought it was really, you know, you're driving it off of what we do, which is that what are your requirements? Let's not just go look at what's bright and shiny and what are the features that are listed, but really build it off the requirements of the organization. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the trend we see is that companies are, are trying to, to buy now whenever they can because particularly if they've been with SharePoint a while and, and SharePoint 2010 was all about, oh, yeah, customize it as much as you like and make yeah. it your own. It's a platform. And then they really got burned when they had to migrate to SharePoint 2013. So that's, I think, why companies like the idea of offloading that risk of maintaining the code and, yeah. and all the customizations that come with the inner box toolkit onto a vendor where the vendor in turn is spreading that, that risk and that workload across um, all their client base. So everybody benefits, we, we can all win. Yeah. But the, the downside is that, yeah, it really is a product. So yeah. you, you're locked in a lot more. And that's why clarity on requirements becomes super important because once you've made that choice, it's got to be a good match for, for what you're looking for. You can't say, we'll buy it and then we'll go in and change everything anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the worst of both worlds. Yep. And I, what's interesting as well is and you covered this in the intro as well, which is that what Microsoft is coming down the pipe with and communication sites and the stuff with, I didn't, Teams really came strong, strong um, on strong this past year. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things you probably saw in the, the blog post that I wrote up on, on this was there's, you know, a lot of the features, we're working with a lot of customers who are coming from Jive. And for folks who don't know what Jive is, it's a, it's a software company that, um, right now is focusing in on their intranet product, and there's a lot of companies who have both Jive and Office 365, mm-hmm. and those folks are looking to consolidate where they're moving stuff out of Jive and, and into Office 365. So, some of the we're seeing some of the features that are coming down the pipe are ones that companies want to take advantage of, and now you've got the 
the confusion of I've got things coming from Microsoft and then I've got things coming from this product company and can is one going to outpace the other or how are the two going to work together? I'm sure this comes up a lot when you're just talking through, do, do you want to go with the buy? Oh, it, it really does. Yeah. Uh, and it comes in two ways. So one is the, oh, is Microsoft going to fix everything in the next six months so we don't need to buy this product at all? And I, always I can tell say, you. I can tell you unequivalently, unequivalently, I can't say the word. No, they won't. Maybe they won't. you should be so bold and say that you can tell me that. <laughs> I can tell you no. I love but Microsoft, I but the answer is no. It's, you know, but Microsoft's track record is that they are very good at ticking the boxes, and yeah. they tend to go broad with their functionality rather yeah. than deep. Yeah. And we saw this when the whole social web 2.0 stuff came in and yeah. SharePoint 2013 got communities and a little bit of commenting, but it wasn't really as uh, robust or well thought, thought through as indeed, you know, Jive and a lot of other products were. Uh, and that's ended up in a, in a bit of a side thing. Uh, I think communication sites are much better thought through. Mm. The the user experience with them is fantastic, but they they really are like microsites, you know, they're, they're great for producing a one topic set of pages where you pull together photos and do things in quite a visual way. But they're a long way from what people are actually looking for in terms of uh, a typical corporate intranet where you, you're trying to, to build a much more coherent and um, cross-organizational experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, that, that, that's one way in which people worry about the, the changes Microsoft are making. The, the other one is, indeed, what's going to happen if I install this product and then Microsoft releases a new piece of functionality that I really like? Am I blocking that out? And nine times out of ten, the, the answer is no. You, you find most of these in-a-box products, they're basically... Um, customized styling, then a set of um, web parts that will sit alongside Microsoft's own web parts. So yeah. you can mix and match. You, you might say, um, uh, for example, um, one of the, the vendors had their own Kanban board, mm-hmm. and you might use that and say, actually, no, I think um, Microsoft's planner tool in Office 365 does the same kind of thing, and we'd like to switch to that now, and it's, it's no problem swapping those things out. Mm-hmm. Do you, Tommy hates it when I do this, but I have to ask a question that I gave you no heads up on, but I have to do it. (laughs) You're bracing yourself right right now. Um, It seems like sometimes in this situation, uh, like with Yammer, that Microsoft ends up buying one of these companies and incorporating it into their product suite. I would love to, uh, you know, it's just you and I talk, talking here and the rest of the people who are listening to this, but I just, I wonder, and I'll say more of my thoughts on this. And you, can, you can just say, oh, that's nice, Danny. That's very, very nice, Danny. Um, but I just, I, I wonder if there's, um, looking ahead to things, whether one of these products is something that Microsoft would buy. Um, and then sort of, I want to know in the end, you know, you're, we're going out and, and meeting with customers and, um, where there are, you mentioned earlier, what, 50 different options. Um, there, it's, 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 uh, you want to know what's going to be around. And, and these are long-term decisions. I mean, this is, this is four to five to plus years that you're betting on something. Um, I just wonder at some certain point in time, is Microsoft going to just going to say, okay, this is what we're going to go with like they did with Yammer or like they did with something else. And you can say nothing at all if you want to. You can say, that's nice, Danny. <laughs> Great question, Danny. Thank you. 
So um, Tommy, I think, sent me some other questions that were a lot. No. <laughs> Sorry. I, I would. I I have no information at all. So, um, and even if it did, I'd said I've got no information. Yeah, no, for, for, yes. I, yeah. I, I would be very surprised if Microsoft did, simply because none of these vendors are really working at the kind of scale of companies that Microsoft normally builds. Yeah. Guys, yeah. um, you know, Yamaha have millions of customers. The origins of most of the inner box vendors is that they've been agencies yeah. um, serving normally quite a limited geographic base. And they've taken that code, packaged it up in something which is more productized yep. and rolled it out to the local geography. Yep. So this year, we um, one of the new things we added was what we call the internet choice selection. So really like that. Some of the ones that um, scored really well across the board, we said, look, why don't we just flag these as ones that we think you should consider for your shortlist? Because uh, there's no avoiding the fact that we're doing a, a comparative assessment and we're, and we're giving scores for these things. So it's easy enough to look at the table and say, hey, these guys look pretty good. Yep. Um, and one of the Internet Choice Awards was for multinational companies. And there weren't actually that many vendors where you could say these guys could take a support call from anywhere around the world and actually have a, a local partner that might come and help you if you've got issues with it. Most of them, they're either strong in the US or they're strong in Europe, but not many are, are at the kind of size that, say, Yammer was when Microsoft bought them. Mm -hmm. Yep. If we do the same podcast this time next year after Microsoft bought one of the um, companies, I'll um, backpedal <laughs> rapidly and <laughs> explain why <laughs> why what I've just said still makes sense. Nice. And I, I, we're talking with uh, Owen Allen from Akumina um, in one oh, of the great. upcoming podcasts. We've known yeah. Owen since Owen's his. Jump, yeah. He's a great guy. So known him since his. Uh, he was at Microsoft in the group and in, uh, in the SharePoint product group, but um, yeah, it's 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 man. There's a, this is a very fast moving market, so it's just sort of interesting to see how this is this is going to play out. Now, this whole just sort of describing this process of trying to decide who to go with. I think the what you did with the um, the awards it definitely helps people with making sure that their short list is. Um, at least has some of the ones that are uh, obvious ones. And then I guess people also look and say, is there someone in my region or is there someone maybe focused to, to have any of these um, verticalized or they, are they pretty much, they're just, they're, they're all for, um, it's you, you look and see who's in the region or, or what sort of features you're just looking for. So I think it, it is primarily about, understanding your requirements and then yeah. matching to, to features as as half of the equation yeah uh, and you know we we did wrestle a bit about whether we should do the internet choice because i've always been emphatic that the best product for you is the one that matches what you want yeah without buying loads of redundant features that you, you're paying um extra bucks for and never going to use so to, that's why we don't have like an overall winner because there is no overall best product yeah but there are some that are worth shortlisting once you've got your shortlist, then the other side of the equation is about your relationship with the vendor, because that still also really matters. So um, we've worked with a, a few big clients in Europe now where some of the North American offerings would be really good, except that when you factor in that you're talking about a, a seven-hour time difference, yeah. there's a practicality there about getting support and getting things up and running, plus the, the cost sometimes of flying bodies over, over the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. that swings the balance back towards saying, yeah, maybe we do go with someone who's more local, 
whose product isn't quite as good, but then there's always that scope for a, a bit of customization on top. The, the the other big trend that we've seen over the course of the last 12 months is um, many more of the vendors setting up partnerships. And that's great because that allows yeah. them to operate in multiple markets and cover more of those time zones. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, this whole selection process, is this is something that you can help clients out with? Is this a project type for you? Is that is that what I understand? Thank you for asking. Yes, it is indeed. Yes, yeah, so. some of your services, Sam. Come on, come on. I'm feeding you here. It's a softball. Come on. I'm terrible at sales, but oh, we, yeah. we are primarily a consultancy. Yes. And most of the time when people come to us, it's because they got an internet and they're saying, yeah, no, it's just not doing what we hoped it would do. It's been neglected. People mm -hmm. hate it. They can't find stuff. And there's been some trigger to uh, refresh it all. So it might be that they're moving to a new technology or it might be they've acquired another company or they're going through a restructuring, you know, any of these kind of either technical or strategic, business strategic drivers for it. Mm -hmm. And we help them think through what their internet and digital workplace strategy should be. And then within that, of course, at a certain point you say, and what's the technology stack that's going to help us deliver this? So as you can see, I'm, I'm still kind of angling for the requirements first, clarity yes. on strategy first, and then you come on to the product piece. Yeah. Yep. But increasingly, um, what's been helping people choose Clearbox as the consultants of choice is that we uh, we understand the inner box market really well. So if they've already decided that, say, Office 365 is the technology for them, and that's pretty common these days, then what they want help with is saying, yeah, what should be on our shortlist and what do we need to make clear to the vendors so that they can respond to a, to an RFP? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we've really beefed up in the report this year is the, the non-functional requirements side. So we asked a lot more questions about um, the deployment process for the tool and where the data lives. So even if uh, an organization might be happy about data in the cloud, it might have to be um, that it's local to them. So uh, EU legislation says, you know, your data needs to be stored in the European Union. So that yep. would rule out some of the Azure-based solutions that we see. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, we, we also have clients who come to us saying uh, what normally happens is IT have decided that SharePoint's the answer and internal <laughs> comms have said over my dead body. And they come to us as like the marriage guidance counselor saying, <laughs> can you talk sense into those other people <laughs> in my organization? So we, we act as a neutral party because, you know, whatever decision is made, it's, it's all good for us in terms of saying, yeah, what are the pros and cons of SharePoint versus maybe one of the more dedicated internet platforms like um, Salt Farmer or Interact or Oak or, or Jostle. You know, there's, there's loads of other good non-Microsoft technology solutions out there, which I still think can be a very good fit for some organizations, um, depending on the, the resource level they have and, and how much they're looking at the collaboration piece versus mm -hmm. the communication piece. And you guys, I mean, you, you, I'm really interested in the amount of um, uh, activity you're doing around Jive. You had sure. an interesting podcast, I think, just before uh, Christmas, talking about one of your big projects uh, mm -hmm. migrating from Jive onto Office 365. What is it that people look for, do you see, in Office 365 that's great in Jive, but maybe not so strong? Hey, Microsoft? I asked the questions around here, buddy. I'm not clear on this interview format, am I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I think it is a two-way conversation. Podcast. I'm sorry, Sam. I just had to. Um, so the, uh, Tommy, the, where are you? <laughs> he's somewhere. He's somewhere in the middle of some field. Um, the So uh, part of just sort of back to what you were saying a little bit earlier with um, the whole IT versus uh, corporate comms. I mean, I, I, we, we're, we're brought in on this, and, and it, it is often – um, I'll, my first, uh, conversations with these folks are, are around what's your vision for doing this? What, you know, let's get into talking through why you're doing this in the first place. And, and that helps yeah. to uncover some things. Um, there's the obvious, I mean, the business case that usually people are putting around this is the obvious consolidation one where, you know, we, what we, people have the perception of what we're doing in Jive, we can do all of this over in Office 365. The issue that I run into, and you saw this in the blog post as well, which is, um, you know, you and I. This sometimes comes with some of working with the uh, some of the Microsoft account teams is the expectation that you can just take Jive and move the content over into Office 365, and that's it's it's an equivalent, and or it's something that. And, and the answer is no, and I usually have to start setting expectations about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where I get into typically talking about um, two different work streams. One is, is, is retaining that corporate IP that's in Jive and getting it over into the appropriate place inside of Office 365. And then the second part is around the really the requirements, the user experience. Are you going to build versus buy? Um, and having those conversations and making sure that if they haven't started thinking about it, that they are thinking about it. And that's, this is usually typically, you know, you see me pull you into these conversations, which is, are, have you looked at what's available in the marketplace? Um, yeah. you know, and you know, if you haven't gotten the report, you need to get the report. And that's usually where I'm making a connection to you. And then I try to, cause some people yeah. come in and say, they want to say, okay, we're using Jive right now. What's the, which product is the best one? And, and I have to come back to them and say, okay, let's, what are your requirements? What do you want to do? Cause some people, not everybody uses Jive the, the same way either. And some people rely on certain things more than others. They may or may not use blog posts. They may, you know, different aspects of Jive can be um, used as well. It's it's more of a product than a platform, but it's still, it's multi multifaceted and it has its own add-in modules and those types of things. So for us, <clears throat> what we're seeing is... Um, is one is to make sure that everybody is on the same page initially, that um, you just can't port from one to another, that there is going to be work involved, whether you build versus buy. We often will, we, we recommend the evaluation of what's out there in the marketplace. Are some of our angst about buying something is the fact that a lot of these products have come from agencies. And so how long are they going to be around? I think for me, yeah. I'm just, I don't want to recommend that they go with something. I know what happens. I've, we've brought product, products to market and then, you know, I mentioned one of them. There's a couple of them I have had to bring out back and put down and it's not fun, but it, it happens. And yeah. so I don't want to recommend to a client um, something that, that, you know, three years from now, the company decided to go into a different direction or as you know, I mean, if it, there's a big difference between services and product companies. And so that's where I, I want to make sure that they're making a good decision and are doing the due diligence and, mm-hmm. and are downloading the reports and making sure what's, they're aware of what's available out there. Um, yeah. 
So from the jive, I mean, there really is, there's a couple, it, it's looking also as far as, um, are they looking for more of a turnkey solution? So something that just sort of does what it does and we're getting the stuff over and it, it is more jive-like where it's, it, 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 you can only do it this one way and it does it that way well and it's got a nice, you know, has some other features that are very jive-like versus are they looking for more of a platform that they want to build on and and extend and and more of a product that provides more of like a layer and something that that can be built upon so um, mm -hmm. we're often having those types of of conversations as well um, you know there's been some certain companies that i think have uh capitalized on the whole um i'll call it exodus from jive and uh, so we've done more work with other product companies versus, um, you know, certain product companies seems to be, seem to be able to capitalize on the whole um, opportunity that's at hand there. But um, it's just interesting to see because, you know, we don't. What's nice is you're saying you're you're staying vendor neutral. We're we're sort of staying. We're, you know, we we don't we didn't create a product that we brought to the market, so we're not trying to sell our own stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to sell, I, I try to, you'd be amazed how many projects I go back to them and I say, we, listen, we can't, we're not going to build out jive on office 365 for you. Cause it's going to, it's not the right thing to do. It's too expensive to do it. And they're, you know, we're talking ourselves out of projects, but it's just, it's just going to be the right thing for people to do. And, and, you know, so it's, it's evolving. I think um, with what we're seeing with what Microsoft is putting out, I think there might be a point in which people say, well, I just need this, this, and this, and Office 365 will become more of a compelling, well, you just need Office 365. But I, right now, I just, I, uh, most of the, uh, and we're, we're focusing more on companies that are um, 10,000 users or greater. So we're, we're typically trying to find the larger, um, implementation. So for those companies, um, you know, I, I really think they need to look at what's out in the market. That was a long answer. And I don't even think I answered your original question. How about that? Did I answer your, I don't, I don't even know if I did. You gave the, con also the consultant answer, which is, well, it depends on, you know, <laughs> it depends. And if you want the answer, it's really expensive. <laughs> well, the thought you were going to say is that Drive is Jive is really strong on communities, and there's no direct equivalent no. within Office 365. No, it, my impression it, is that Yammer groups are not really as fully featured as yeah. Jive yeah. communication. Uh, Jive Spaces is that right? Or is yeah, Jive? Jive Spaces are where the, uh, are they have Jive Spaces and groups, and Spaces is more for like the you would uh, communication at the department level versus groups is more team based. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the groups. So the, in the, in what, um, you know, when I look at, look at all, we do want to educate people on sort of what they're moving over into. We want to make sure they understand what is, I mean, part of what we need to do is show them what is in office 365. Cause, and I, you're, we're coming we're we are typically coming in like, like with you where the business is upset cause somebody's about to move things. Um, <sighs> the, the, the thing that I'm fascinated by is some of the companies not deciding to move their content, which that just it, that I'm like, how, how are you expecting to be? I, I can understand there's, I mean, over time we've, we've been not able to identify that. Yes, there's some very transient content, like the stuff that typically happen happens. Um, you know, the Yammer based, I just need to know it for a short period of time. 
But in Jive, mm-hmm. you have a lot of um, document-based content. You have a lot of, you know, people are describing their uh, internal processes. There's some very important line of business applications. And for those, I'm like, you need to have this content move forward. And, and sometimes I'm trying to convince people saying, don't you don't want to leave that because um, why would someone ever take the time to produce the content in the new system if you just threw it away in the old system? That that doesn't make sense. Yeah, quite so. 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 All right, we have talked for a little over 30 minutes. I think we could talk for another 30 minutes, especially if Tommy was here. We could probably have some very good questions. But yeah, I think that wrapping it up with the Jive thing, it's just, um, yeah, a lot of, there's typically lots of conversations around what goes into Yammer. The whole content type discussion typically comes up for us. But uh, yeah, um, uh, so maybe briefly I can comment on that, that sure, concern please. about uh, if the vendors are going to stick around. So uh, one yeah, of the things please. we do in the, the report is ask about the, the scale of the client base and how long the company has been established. Yeah. And we, we decline now to review products that have been out for less than a year because we we have done that in the past. We re, we've reviewed a product and then they've, they've pulled it from the market. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think the flip side is, you know, in the past, if you did build your own with an agency, in effect, the agency has built your product and then they've walked away with no obligation yeah. To, yeah. to sustain it either. So yeah. your fallback is always that your content is still there on SharePoint or Office 365. Yeah. And the same product for years, that's pretty much the life cycle of how your internet used to be anyway. So yeah. you might not get all the benefits, but it's not quite as risky as, say, um, buying into Jive and the whole company yeah. um, folding. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that too, because one of our services that we have um, is a service called sustainment, which is what we leave, you know, when we're building out what we build out, we want to make sure, and this is driven primarily by clients, but we typically put a, um, a year to three year uh, contracts in place so that, you know, it is some, typically we're creating a product, so we want to maintain that over time, and that, that needs to happen. Some people don't. They're so focused in on the building part of things, they forget mm-hmm. about the sustainment part of things. But yeah. Okay, so the um, I will put, for folks who are looking at this or reading this through a blog post, I will put a, a link at the bottom to the report. Definitely, um, I can't right. say enough good things about the report. Go download <laughs> it. Um, the, uh, yeah, I don't get paid to refer. You, you're, you're nice enough for let me to let me read it, but... Uh, um, I think it's just I, I, I want all of our clients to be well educated, and I appreciate the uh, the time and the effort that you put towards putting this together. So um, definitely go and download the report. I'll put a discount code in as well, so that Sam can say, "Oh, these these Ryan boys, they're just great." Yeah, they're good we already folks. say that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Sam, thank you so much for for what you do and for taking the time to do this. And maybe we'll check in. Uh, uh, midway through uh, this year or later on this year when you've got a new, totally rewritten report. That you, well, that'll be towards the end of this year. Yeah. Okay, but. so you're, you're going to do the same thing every year? You, you don't, that's, that's kind of cruel to yourself. You don't just reuse what you have and you're so, good me. I think, you know, it's, um, it, this last report, is probably as big as it's going to get. Yeah. And now we know the the products that are really interesting. We'll try and go deeper on fewer products. Yeah. Is the way forward. Nice. But yeah, it's it's really hard to to turn vendors away because they they come along and actually there, there's so many vendors doing great things and 
there's no, you know, we don't want to like exclude all the Australians just because <laughs> um, they're a different market. So um, we do want to be the definitive report in this space. So I'm, I'm very happy that we are able to to cover as much ground as we do with it. But yeah, Danny, really good to talk to you. Thank you good ever so much you. for having me back on the podcast. Absolutely, um, really absolutely. It's what's your uh, Twitter handle in case folks want to follow you? At Sam Marshall. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this and and, uh, have a wonderful weekend. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.